This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by This Is Not Church podcast and the letter F. And you. (laughs) (laughs) If you've made it this far, my name is Nat Turney, my brother John Turney, and I co-host This Is Not Church, the podcast. And this is sadly the level of discourse that you can expect to find if you tune in every Monday when we drop new episodes. But all joking aside, John and I see this as as an opportunity for us to address issues that we don't think are addressed nearly enough inside of evangelicalism. So LGBTQIA plus issues, BIPOC issues, social justice issues. We like to talk to a broad variety and range of people and really try to find places of commonality for everybody. So check out the podcast. Every Monday, our episodes drop. Wherever you stream podcasts, you can find us. Remember, this is not church. And to that, John says, Peace. Welcome to Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer an evangelical, with your hosts, hosts, authors Keith Giles and Matthew J. DiStefano. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Apostates Anonymous. I am one of your hosts, Matthew J. DeStefano. I'm joined with Keith Giles, none other than the junior associate at Choir Publishing. Keith, say hi. Yes, I'm so so happy to be here. Uh, <laughs> the assistant to the publisher. Assistant to the... Yes, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, good things are happening. Yeah, before we hit record, we were just talking about the future of Choir Publishing, and uh, 2023 is going to be amazing. Can't wait. Yeah, we got some we got some big things, and I just finished I just finished my book, The Wisdom of Hobbits. I'm very excited about it. It's so nerdy, but I think it's my best written work, and I I don't think I've been as excited, except for maybe publishing my first book, as I am this yeah. book. It's That's an, awesome. I, the only god I mention in the book is the god of Middle Earth, and so it's nice. There's no biblical footnotes. I don't. Yeah, I do quote David Bentley Hart, but only in relation to like free will. Um. Uh-huh. It's lovely to not talk about the Bible. <laughs> yes, you found you found a way to write a, a really good book. It's very thoughtful, and yes. uh, yeah, without having to reference a single Bible verse. That's awesome, and I, I I dream of the day that I could do that. I don't know that I'll ever. You're jealous, get a aren't you? We'll, have well to you see. could write you could write like some sort of you know criticism or critique of some science well, fiction stuff or comic stuff or you well, know you can go. Uh, yeah but who's going to buy that i i think but you know if i do fiction i've been playing around <clears throat> with the idea of doing a fiction book so that's that's where i can really jump into that and just write something yeah yeah i think that's that's true though I, but i think you can get more people to read fiction even if you're trying even if you have like some goal in mind or yeah like for instance the shack a lot of evangelicals read the shack and they liked yeah. the shack yeah. But if you talk to William Paul Young, you'd be like, I don't like the guy from The Shack. <laughs> yes. So fiction, yeah. I think you can put in things that, although people were mad about black God and a woman who's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. But. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, what What are you going to do? What are you um, do? Uh, one of these days. I do know my next book. I've already figured out my next book. I have a follow up to Solo Mysterium that I'm really excited about. So I guess got to sit down and figure out some time to write it in between 
doing all this choir stuff <clears throat> that we're doing. Will the, but will the Latin be as meaningless as Sola Mysterium? Probably, yeah, probably be. Uh, I'll have to run it by David Bentleyhart and see. I wish you would. And maybe he can help me <laughs> screw it up. Like you know, if it's too because if, if it's too dead on, uh, maybe I don't want it. Like you know, what would be like a really stupid Latin just phrase? A stupid that would just way be... of saying this. <laughs> <laughs> Take this perfect Latin, make it stupid. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Uh, I I can hear your second cup. Are you enjoying it? Oh yes, I am. Uh, All I'm, right. I'm in phases of waking up here. Well, let me wake you up with yet another advertiser. Oh, good. This one came in. This one came in late last night, so I, we didn't have one. Thank God. Now we can fund the show. Good. So let's get into it. Are you a Christian who has always wanted to know what it would be like to burn for all eternity in a pit of fire? Curious about where some of your friends and family will end up? Well, now you can find out. At Hell VR, you'll finally know. At Hell VR, we've put together an experience like no other where you can visit every corner of hell and discover just what goes on down there. Demons gnawing on the flesh of non-Christians? We've got that. The devil drinking the blood of your backslidden sister? We've got that too. At Hell VR, you can even create your own scenario and see it play out right in front of you, causing you to laugh and scoff the entire time. Download now, only on the Oculus 2. Finally, that somebody putting putting that thing to good use, uh, oh, Oculus. Yes, that one's for Tertullian and maybe Martin Luther. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! But you know, hey, there are some Christians that would probably pick that up as a Christmas gift. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, it's basically the modern technological version of the Hell House from back in the day. You know. Oh or, yeah. Did, have you ever gone to one of those? I never went to one, no. Me neither. But I heard about them and they sounded just awful. Uh, just <laughs> Yeah, disgusting. It reminds Real. me too, like I was talking to my son, uh, my oldest son, Dylan. Uh, he's a big video game uh, collector and all that stuff. And uh, he, he's really smart about like uh, collecting and finding like these really obscure video games for the Nintendo and all this stuff uh, that are really collectible and worth a lot of money. But some of them are all... Uh, they're 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 collectible and worth a lot of money but it's because no one bought them so they're really awful <laughs> right. and a lot of them are these i remember this actually i used to work at a christian bookstore and there was a, a company called wisdom tree and they made the worst christian video games you could imagine they were so did they, stupid did they make bible adventures yes because that game was actually not terrible oh okay <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm sure it was, but that's the one Christian game I had, and it was like you start, you played as like you had to collect all the animals for Noah's Ark. Yes, Noah's Ark. Yes. And I think there was the Escape from Egypt, and then I think there was a David and Goliath one, which was like impossible to beat. Yeah, yeah. You know what though? But yeah. I think that what that Bible Adventures game was was a combination of the individual games that they had released separately. Oh, so oh, oh, oh. There was a Noah's Ark game. There's a Exodus Escape Exodus game. There's a uh-huh. a David and Goliath game. I think. There's a Samson game or something like that. There should be a Jesus game where your goal is to be crucified. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my god! And you know what? Years ago, um, this was back in the maybe early 2000s. Um, there was a guy working on a video game. There was like a Left Behind video game. It was more in the style oh, of like Grand, Grand Theft Auto. So it was all three D awesome. stuff. Yes. And yes. Um, literally, like you're running around. Um, yep. 
like killing people. It was like you're what? running around with like six stars from GTA Three. Yes, yes. <laughs> Everyone's after you. Helicopters. The whole. It was nine. horrible. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, why would anybody have a video game like this? so? <clears throat> yeah. It's oh it's funny gosh. as satire, of course, but it's yes. not satire. So there you go. No, but the game was not satire. It was dead no, serious. I was like, oh, this is yeah. Christians are going to pay money for a game, but they run around like killing lost people or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's awesome. That's a great premise. Which which brings us to our topic. Yes, <laughs> the future the fu- of Christian. <laughs> <laughs> the future of Christianity. Which, if this is the past of Christian, if this is the trajectory of Christianity, then maybe there is no Christianity. But yeah, that's right. Well, and that's that's why we wanted to talk about this because um, it's funny because yesterday I was talking with a friend of mine who uh, came into town to visit, um, and Woody and I were sitting around the table with our friend and talking and. You know, on one hand, talking about how, like, Christianity, it seems, especially in Texas, uh, but America also in general, um, that it almost feels like we're headed into, like, a Gilead, Handmaid's Tale kind of version of Christianity, where, you know, there was a, a point where this seemed like, oh, this was fiction, right? I'm, imagine if there was, like, um, a theocracy, and people were literally using the Bible to pass laws and arrest people and put them in jail or kill them for committing adultery, or having an abortion, or, you know, having bad theology. And like, now I'm thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, that could happen. I I absolutely think that we could live in that world pretty quick, probably faster than we think we could. Um, if they had, if they had their druthers, that's, that's the direction we would go. Right. But and they, that is what they want. And they're, no, you know, is. they've, they're winning a lot. They're putting these kind of Christian nationalists, uh, you know, uh, up, up in, Pretty big races on the national level and uh, and the state level, and they're winning. So well, yeah, I mean, they they did they did not so good this election. So that's, that's true. good. Well, okay, that's true. They, the red wave was a red trickle, and uh, thank God for that. But they still won. Oh, they still won. Bobert looks like in, she's going to finally. I mean, win somehow. And even like um, Warnock and Herschel Walker, Warnock like, and Herschel Walker, and yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene, yeah. So yeah. The, the DeSantis, Lord. they're still there and they are strong. And you know, we we put down the note of the Karl Rahner quote that I'm sure some of our listeners are uh, probably familiar with: "The Christian of the future will be a mystic, or he will not exist at all." And I, I, I'm not one to tell people whether they're mystics or not, but these people are not mystics; they're fundamentalists; no. they're nationalists. Yes. Um, so this type of Christianity, I would say it's not even Christian any longer. I mean, no, just because no. something has the name Jesus on it does not yeah. mean it has anything to do with with Jesus. It, it, I saw I saw a statistic. I haven't verified it, but it totally brings true. So I didn't even bother looking it up. Eighty two percent of evangelicals voted for Herschel Walker over uh, Raphael Warnock. Yeah, a pastor. A pa- at Martin Luther King Jr.'s church. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, and they and they chose someone who's paying for abortions allegedly. Yep. Um, can't can't think, can't speak. Obviously, no. has brain trauma. He's a serial trauma. liar. He's a liar. He can't Violent tell the truth history. about anything. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're right. If they had their way, this would end up like The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. But they have no leg to stand on. I was watching um God forbid the Jerry Falwell yeah. documentary. Yeah. And that is just one we just did the church trauma series for Heritage yes. Happy Hour. How do people like that still have power? They've lost all credibility. Yeah. You could you should be able to take one of those stories and then be like, I got to reevaluate the whole thing because 
what's going on here? But oh, then yeah. you've got Bruxy, you've got Mark Driscoll, you've got Ravi Zacharias, you've got the Catholic Church, you've got Jerry Falwell Jr. And the list goes down the line, hundreds and hundreds and probably thousands of leaders, and they still have some semblance of power. What the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah, oh, I know. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but, you know, going <clears throat> like uh, the thing about the Herschel Walker thing, the, what drives me crazy, I, I it, it made me think like, okay, you know, I'd love to get... Um, like a sampling of maybe 20 evangelical, conservative, Republican Christians in a room. And let's just play a little game, like maybe a game show, right? Maybe this will be an ad coming up. I don't know. But someone like, okay, I'm going to describe. (laughs) Yes. Who would you vote for? And say, okay, all right, everybody, I'm going to just start describing a candidate. And I want you to tell me, would you vote for this candidate? Okay. Um, They are... Uh, they paid for multiple abortions. Would you vote for that person? Oh, no, no, no. Um, they've been caught lying multiple times. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't vote for that person, right? Um, he, this person is violent and has been abusing women. Oh, no, I wouldn't vote for that person, right? And you just go down the line, all these things. And then at the very end, you go, but that this person's also a Republican running against a Democrat. Okay, yeah, I'd vote for them. Because that's the way it is. It's like, it doesn't matter what things you say about this horrible things these person this person has done. Would you vote for this person? No, 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 no. Until you get to the bottom and you go, oh, but you know what? They're, they're a public, uh, Republican conservative candidate. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, then I'd vote for them. So it, it just all goes out the window. What it means is you, as a Christian, you don't care about any of that stuff. You might you might tell me that you do. You might tell me, if I, if I just said, this is the character of this person, this is what this person has been proven to do, or, you know, we know this person uh, is like this, would you vote for them? On one level, of course, a Christian would say, oh, no, I would never vote for someone like that. But yes, you would. And there's almost nothing I could say at the top, that at the end, at the bottom, when I got to the bottom of the list, and they're a Republican. The answer would be, okay, yeah, I'd vote for them. I mean, that's why that Ronner quote is so accurate. I think, like, you've You've entrenched yourself in some version of fundamentalist ideology, which always like seems to be attached to like your nationalism. Yeah. And you're not seeking, you're not like seeking the deep truths of the universe. No. You're, you're not, you're not contemplative. You're not meditating. You're not sitting in silence and listening. Yeah. You're not doing any of those things because if you were, you would, you would have to reflect on those things. Oh, you would have yeah. to reflect on the hypocrisy. Am I being a hypocrite? Well, if I am anti-abortion, how can I support a candidate who has paid women to get abortions so that he does, and then left his kids? This yeah, whole thing with Herschel Walker, I watched, yeah. um, forgive me, I don't have the person's name on TikTok. It was a black guy who I follow. And he pointed out that the reason Herschel Walker is being elected is because that he embodies the racist tropes that all black men are violent towards women. He could play ball, stupid, like unintelligent, probably from brain trauma, but maybe from, you know, left his kids. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. oh wow. Lusts oh, wow. after lusts after white women. Uh-huh. And so when you hear like Lindsey Graham saying, that, oh, they're calling us racist. How, how can we be racist if we elect Herschel Walker? It's It actually proves that you're racist because that type of black man is who you think black men are uh, and wow. you need and and so he stands there as your the embodiment of the racist trope that all black men are these things which is wow. why you would choose him over an intellectual pastor yes. for a long time 
devoted to Jesus and the church. Cares about social justice. Cares yes. about yeah, Raphael yeah. Warnock. Because yeah. that black man doesn't fit your racist tropes. And I was like, God damn. damn. Yeah. Well, so this is the thing. Like, so if we're if our topic is going to be, uh, and by the way, if we I don't know if we've said this yet, our topic was going to be what is the future of Christianity in America, right? Um, I think the first thing that we have to figure out is, well, what do you mean when you say Christianity? Because there is there are sort of Christianities. There's not really one. There are some various streams of them out there, and they are quite often pitted against one another. We talk on this show all the time about um, from the theological side where people like Alyssa Childers and uh, Mike Winger and uh, Sean McDowell and other, other people sort of um, are speaking up for this sort of conservative Christian theologically, you know, versus progressive or, you know, uh, against the deconstruction movement, all that stuff. So we, we ha- definitely have, we see it and we've talked about it from that from the theological side. We see it also now from the political side. Um, and there's even more than that. It's not like it's not as if the only Christianities are either the conservative theological and conservative uh, political side of things, which yes, they tend to be the same, um, and the progressive liberal deconstruction side. And and um, because there's more than that, right? There, there, Christianity is a very varied um, religion, and uh, so. Yeah, and certainly we we need to talk about what we've been talking about, which are the extremes of this, right? That are these Christian white nationalists that are um, violent, <clears throat> that are fascist, um, that are kind of scary. It seems to be they're gaining some traction. They're getting followers. Like you, I, I can't believe it. I'm thinking, why don't people see this? Um, but you know that but there are layers and layers and layers. There are people that are Anabaptists. There are people that are. Uh, Quakers, there are people that are brethren, there are people, um, Eastern Orthodox, they're, they're Eastern yeah. Orthodox, right? There's, there are Catholic Christians, and even within Catholicism, there are layers, there's charismatic, mm-hmm. and then there's mainline um, Protestants. Yes. The only Protestant is not the evangelical. It's, That's right. Know, so Luth- it's, Lutheran it's, and, you know. Yeah. So it's difficult to say the future of Christianity. It's sort of, well, which one, right? I can, mm-hmm. we can look at so many different ones and say, um, this is where there's a version of Christianity out there that is scary. Um, and, and we can talk about that and where that seems to be going. Um, and no, then, but you're then, right. And, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because the whole, the whole conversation is nuanced. It's not just, yeah. it's not these, the loud fundamentalist Christians, nationalists are just, they just get attention because they're loud and there's a lot of them. Yes. Um, but you, I mean, you're right that the, the streams, the many streams of Christianity in America and abroad will continue. I mean, the Anabaptists don't yeah. lose credibility because of, you know, white nationalist Christians. Um, right. So those, those traditions, though I, though I don't agree with them, though I don't have any reason to join them, um, will continue on and probably, you know, do well. As long, I think, I think there has to be a thread of how do we progress into the next generation and still talk to God and still have God be a part of our life. Yeah. Um, Because that's kind of the question they've always been asking, even before Christianity, Judaism. Basically, the way I would sum up the entire Old Testament is like, how are we relating to God now? That's kind of like the whole, like how the prophets, you know, what's going on now? How does it relate to God? And where are you, God, in the midst of this? And so as long as that thread, whatever your tradition is, has that, how do we relate to God now in a modern scientific world? 
then I think it's fine. But we have to move away from anything that marginalizes and oppresses. You know, it's like the Methodist Church was asking the LGBT question. Same with some of the Lutherans and the Episcopalians and um, the Presbyterians. And many of them have decided to affirm LGBT. Some of them have split like the Methodist Church kind of is doing. So, But I think the ones that will continue on are the ones who become more inclusive. That's just my guess. I hope so. I mean, well, I, I definitely agree with you. If what we're talking about is what you and I would probably consider more like um, true Christianity, right? A Christianity, excuse me, <clears throat> a Christianity that is much more concerned about, is this Christ-like? Mm-hmm. How can we be more Christ-like? So the, the whoever, those Christian streams and, and denominations and, and uh, churches and things that are more concerned about how are we practicing our faith in ways that honor Christ and are true to the Sermon on the Mount and who Jesus was. Like to me, that's the Christianity. That That is true Christianity or closer to it than, than yeah. other things. So that that Christianity, if that continues, if that grows, it will be to the degree that it resists the mm-hmm. the other side, which is the, the the white nationalists, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Because that movement, the the the, the, the thing we see happening on television and on social media uh, that scares us, like that, that that version of it is not Christ like. It's not really concerned about Jesus at all. It has really almost nothing to do with that. When I wrote Jesus Untangled. You know, like what Shame it was six years ago. Um, it's it's scary. Well, that's why I think it's so scary to me because when I wrote Jesus Untangled, um, the you know the it was right when Trump was inaugurated. Right it was when it came out, and what I was pointing out in that book was like the danger of you know blurring the lines between your Christianity and your nationalism, and saying you know. Are you more American than than Christian? And when I say Christian, I mean Christ-like, right? And and recognizing that these things don't really go together at all, and maybe we should. These are some dangers. This is the this is where it could lead. It could lead to violence. It could lead to you know, all these horrible things. And what what kind of concerns me and scares me? Fast forward to today, and we've gone through all that we've gone through, and we're still going through it, right? After the January sixth, after all these kind of stuff, it's still going on. It's not it's not diminishing at all is like the stuff that I was warning people about in Jesus Untangled, like, hey, you know, you don't want to be a Christian nationalist because historically that's been a bad thing. It's been violent. People have gotten killed. It's just, it, it ends up looking like something really ugly that has nothing to do, it doesn't look anything like Jesus. So all of that stuff I was warning people about in Jesus Untangled. So fast forward to, to today and people are saying, oh yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian nationalist. It's awesome. You should be. Every every yeah. Christian should be a Christian. Like it's like it, I was trying to say, hey everybody, warning, this is scary. We don't and now people are going, Oh yeah, I'm proud of this. This is uh, it's out in the open and I love it and I think it's awesome. Like, what? I, I hate to <laughs> burst your bubble because you are a prolific author. I don't think Marjorie Taylor Greene read your book. I know. I need I that's what we should do. <laughs> mail mail copies of that. You know, you guys were you were mailing copies of your book, don't be a dick right. to like Mark Driscoll and that other wacko guy we talked about. Um, Brian Suave. Suave or whatever. I have I totally already forgotten his name. Uh, yeah, maybe we should do that. Have a campaign. I like will do mail, that. Mail, mail, mail Jesus Untangled to um, Lindsey Graham, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to say this. That. I'll put, I'll put a couple of them in the show notes. Please yes. do it. Like, seriously. 
That'd be great. I, Don't Be a Dick sold a decent amount of copies when we did that. <laughs> and then it bumped up because we did it. Shonda shouted it out for Mark Driscoll to send it to him. And then I noticed That's sales right. bumped up. So God bless you people. If you yeah. want to keep if you want to keep the tradition going, I will link in the show notes where you can send Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, yeah, we'll do Marjorie. We'll have a Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, yeah, Lindsey Graham. Yep. That's good enough. Send it to one That's of those. That's probably two. good enough. Those two. Uh, Lindsey Graham, yeah. yes, definitely should read that. Uh, maybe Ron DeSantis. I, I think Ron DeSantis should read it too. Okay. Here, let me uh, let me get out a piece of scratch paper here. If I don't write it down, folks, I'm not going to. Yeah, remember. there we go. But yes, there you go. You can uh, you can buy a copy of Jesus Untangled, Crucifying Our Politics, The Pledge of Allegiance to the Lamb. Send that out to uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lindsey Graham, Ron DeSantis, or really any pseudo Christian. Nationalists. We'll, we'll we'll link to these addresses though to their campaign addresses or their there you go that's right then... send them a copy bless, bless them help them I mean because but in all seriousness wouldn't it be amazing I think it would be so great if like because if these people truly are informed in any way by their faith there is still the possibility that they could read something like Jesus Untangled and th- their eyes could be open and they say damn whoa what am I doing. They could have that sort of awakening, that kind of epiphany and repent, troop repentance, and say, "Oh my gosh, yeah, what am I doing? I'm I'm going down the wrong way." That would be great. Well, you can hold out hope. Um, I will. I think Ga- I will Gandalf out, would call that a Gandalf would call that a fool's hope, but there there is still hope. Um, I wanted to mention. Speaking of Tolkien, I wanted to mention something. My my hope in all this is so like when Tolkien talks about like the eradication of evil, he doesn't. And I point this out in my book coming up. He doesn't necessarily say that like good triumphs evil. It's that evil is such that it destroys itself. It falls in upon itself. So that uh. would be my hope is that, well, I mean, kind of like the Hitler movement with the yeah. with the Christian nationalists of Germany, that it's we see it for what it is and it collapses upon itself. So all this Handmaid's Tale type of shit, people will reject and it will. The obviously the scary part is that. You know, collateral damage. Yes, a lot of people bad, are going to die until yeah, along the way. How exactly. bad do, do things get because of Christian nationalism? That society starts to become very, very toxic and very yeah. violent and and very uh, sick. Um, mm-hmm. But you know that is that is kind of like my hope is that it's it's so evil that it will just it will destroy itself because that's the way evil works. And and so I, I've been thinking more about that interpretation of Tolkien and obviously he's trying to interpret the world through his Catholic lens. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to interpret that and see if that's true. And it seems to be true to some degree that it's um, it's like a cancer. The cancer, it, it, it kills its host and it kills itself. Right. So like, you know, hopefully the host doesn't die yes. as Christian nationalism starts to metastasize. Yeah. Um, so it is, I think we are at that precipice, almost like a 1937 or eight or, you know, Germany. Yeah. I honestly now, think that we are, we are, yeah. it doesn't mean we're going to get to 1940s and have our own Holocaust. It doesn't mean that. Right. It just means, it means it's probably kind of a potential. Yeah. Oh yeah. And again, that's what concerns me. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that is kind of the way we could go, and and then again, just in all seriousness, I, I, I first of all, we're just talking here. I, I don't I don't I want to be don't careful. don't quote us. 
Yeah, yeah. I want to be careful. <laughs> well, I just don't want our podcast to turn into uh, sort of a progressive deconstruction version of of the what we see, like the fear mongering kind of stuff. Like, I don't want to use fear to manipulate people. So I'm not. I'm not trying to say, uh, you know, be afraid. This is a horrible thing. But again, just to be aware, um, because if you do look at church history, right, and you do look through things like um, the Inquisition or the Crusades or, um, you know, all these different, even the the Reformation movement where the Reformers tortured and killed the Anabaptists, right? Or the colonizing of America. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So, well, well, yes, that's the thing, too, by the way. I talk about that in Jesus Untangled, too, about how we have this rosy version of the beginning of this country. And we forget that, like, well, you know, when some of the people that came over here, we had, um, what was it, Quakers and um, Puritans, and they killed each other. Like, yeah, before pri- we were even a nation. They were, um, yeah. Puritans were putting to death Quakers because they were preaching the gospel um, to them, and they didn't like it, right? Because yeah. they had a different different kind of version of it. And they would arrest them, beat them, torture them, throw them in jail, and sometimes hang them. Uh, Christians killing Christians. That's the beginning of this country. That's, like That's the country right there. Yes. I mean, and not for nothing, but I used to live in Rhode Island. Rhode Island was founded yes. because of persecution in Massachusetts. Roger Williams came down and fa- Roger founded Williams, Rhode man. Island. Yep. And you're like, hold on. They left fucking Europe because of religious persecution. Yeah, and then, and then they turned they around just, and did it again. Yeah. Same exact thing with Protestants and Anabaptists. Protestants turn around and kill Anabaptists 10 years later. That's right. After yeah. they themselves were persecuted by the Catholic Church yeah. and, and, and on and on ad infinitum. So so when we see that, right, that we, we can recognize that pattern throughout history. When you have these two, uh, essentially, I think this, I would say this is the, correct me if you, if you're, if you think I'm wrong, but I, I think when I look at it, what I see that is the pattern is there's one side uh, theologically that has p- the power of the sword or the power of the state behind them. They start passing laws that create sort of a the- theocratic government where they're saying, you know, if you... If you're a heretic, if you preach blasphemy, if you if you don't align with the theology we have, then you will be arrested, beaten, tortured, or put to death, right? And that's the pattern we keep seeing this over and over again, that one side believes it has not just the moral, biblical, quote-unquote, biblical authority to do this, but then they have, they can back it up. So it's legal. They can say, they can pass laws and say, well, you're breaking the law. You're preaching this other thing that's not, we haven't approved, or it's heresy, whatever. So, if we recognize that, that, they, that there's always been sort of like these opposing sides, right? And and that when one side has power of the state and the sword, um, they end up doing these kind of atrocities to other Christians. That, that's go back to Constantine, and we see it all the way through history. We are at a place right now where that is very likely to happen again. We're setting it up where we can look at the roadmap and see, well, okay, are there certain people in government who do take this view that America is a Christian nation? America should use the Bible primarily, um, mixed with the Constitution, but mostly the Bible, um, you know, to pass laws and then to, to arrest women that have abortions and possibly even, you know, charge them with the death penalty. People have flat out said that. Yes, that is what they want. Oh, Trump's 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 platform. He just said uh, he just said uh, if he runs and become, I mean, uh, to put to death drug dealers. Yes. So okay. So Matt, here's how it applies to you and me and people like us. It, let's fast forward to the day. Let's say those people get power. They start passing these kinds of extreme laws. Um. So they outlaw homosexuality. They outlaw 
um, abortions. They outlaw adultery, and you can go to jail or or be put to death for for breaking those Ten Commandments or those sins or those whatever. It's, I mean, pretty soon, right? I could I could believe I would live in my lifetime. I would live in an America where there would be blasphemy laws, where you know you and I this podcast could be shut down or you and I could be arrested because we dared to say the Bible is not the word of God or or our books could be burned and taken out of print and banned and all that kind of stuff. Like that could happen. You and I could be put in jail for this podcast, right? I live in California, so I'm not too worried. I'm worried about you though in El pa- in <laughs> I'm the in, Paso. I'm in Texas. Texas. I, I've been trying to tell you, dude, come live in Chico, man. We could we could run this town together. The way I see things going, I I, I start to really seriously wonder about I'll be honest I wonder about not just like leaving Texas. I wonder about like, you know, um, wh- what's the weather like in Denmark? Um, could I live in Sweden? You got or... to pick an English speaking country, <laughs> though. I, I mean, even at 40, you're older than I am. Even at 40, I don't want to learn an entire new language. No, I'm not. I could go to a Spanish speaking country because I used to speak it and it would come back to me within a year. Um, but I couldn't go to like, yeah, some... How about Canada? Canada's, they speak, half of them speak English anyway. They all speak English. Even the French side, they mostly yeah. speak English. Yeah. I mean, they but, say, they, yeah. they, they talk, but, uh, A. Hey. When you have Brad Jursak on A. No, he's not hey. that bad, but <laughs> I think some of the people, like, I, I bet like in like, uh, you know, Edmonton, Calgary, I bet it's thicker. So I got you, uh, you gave me a, a opening here for a, a Canadian joke. My apologies to all of our Canadian listeners, but sorry, you, you sorry, Daryl. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, Daryl. Uh, <laughs> do you know, do you know how, um, Canadians spell the name of your, of their country? How, actually how they came up with it. This, so this is how they spell it. C-A-N-A-D-A. Uh, hold on. I have a thing for that. What? what? <laughs> oh, there we go. Ah, uh, thank there, you. There, there you go. Uh yes. Um so you yeah, know, I don't so I don't know. I don't I don't think we're that close to blasphemy laws. There's just I I think I think regional things might happen rather than federal thing. I mean, yeah, the Roe v. Wade thing, but you know, look at how quickly some states turned and and, and um locked into their constitution abortion rights. California voted it, yeah. I think Michigan, yeah. a few others. So I think it's gonna kind of move towards state sort of things like like so, almost so, like the like pre-civil war when the states yeah. had where it was like all about states rights where there will be atrocities in certain states arkansas alabama mississippi louisiana georgia you know, yeah yeah but then there will be other states Texas. that will be almost like bastions of freedom so, um, so and, I, and i don't mean freedom to not wear a mask or some shit i mean freedom over like important things <laughs> No, no. So, so you're right. Okay. So, I think that's the stages that we're talking about. So, at some point, yeah. yes, it, we are not. We will not be the United States. It'll definitely no. be blues and reds, and there will be these hard lines. There might even be like checkpoints um, at state lines because you know they don't want people like p- red states don't want people leaving to go to blue states to have like abortions, right? Or uh, practice or, or yeah. uh, practice same sex marriage or things like that. And then, um, but then people in blue, in, in blue states don't want people from the red states coming over into their side. Uh, and so, yeah, you start to slowly would see maybe us drifting into, like you said, pre-Civil War. And maybe, who knows? I mean, and, uh, again, I don't want to scare people, but I, I also don't want people to think that, oh, this could never happen. Because I, I think we are, 
we're seeing some really disturbing signs where like, well, well, I don't know. Why couldn't it happen here? Right. It's, it well, happens. And, it's happened everywhere else in history. Why not here? Yeah. There, and, and going to the question, uh, you know, about, you know, the question of what is the future of Christianity in America? I, I mean, I'm guessing there will always be a thread like there were in the Middle Ages of the Franciscans and the Trappists and the, the quote unquote fringe Catholics that, you know, Richard Rohr would talk about, of, of which he was one or is one. Um, and But there will still be that, I think, resistance to use a Star Wars term, maybe. Um, there will be the type of Christianity, I think, that that we're talking about, where it is about the things in the Sermon on the Mount. It is about the DK yeah. and the things taught in there. It is about an ethic of treating others right. It is going, you know, I mean, God, if... It just it bothers me so much that this has become a Christian-led thing in America. And they've, yeah. they have totally abandoned everything they raised me in. And that's what really bothers me because for, I would never go back to evangelical Christianity, but I still have, there, there's a lot of my childhood that I hold on to, that I uh, appreciate working mm. hard, being kind to others, um, disagreeing respectfully, being humble about mm. your faith, about your worldview, about whatever. And they've thrown it all out the window. Yeah. Um, but there will still be, I think, that thread of of Christians who say, in spite of all that, I still believe in God. I still believe in love. I still believe in the ethic that Jesus taught. And even though white Christian nationalists have all but abandoned everything that Jesus stood for, that doesn't mean I blame Jesus for that because they were going to do that with anyone. They could do right. that with any great spiritual teacher. Um, so Christian nationalists, religious nationalists, zealous fundamentalists will always find a way to butcher who, whoever's teaching. Right. So it's not it's not Jesus's fault that these people are a bunch of, you know, assholes, right. but Right. No, and yeah. see I think you, I think you can make a good case as well again going back historically again and using that quote um the Christian of the future will be a mystic or he will not exist at all. Um I see when I read that quote I think of it as in terms of like that in in spite of all what may be happening, and maybe even if the majority movement um, that appears to be oh this is the, the Christian movement, it appears the ones with power, but the, but they're oppressive, they're not very Christ like, right? That they're doing these awful, horrible atrocities and things like this, and mistreating other people, including other Christians. Um, that there will always be sort of again this whole idea of like a remnant, right? But again, if you go back, um, this is the thing that gave me hope when I was studying. Um, you know, again, like the, the the shift that happened in the church under Constantine. And at first I was reading about that and going, man, I can't believe so many of these um, sort of Christian leaders at the time um, just seemed that it seems as if they all went along with it. They were all like suddenly like, oh, it's fine that, you know, um, we went from Christianity went from like people being tortured and martyred because they refused to say that Caesar is Lord. And all of a sudden they're like, well, you know, OK, actually, yeah, Caesar is Lord. We like Constantine he's a good guy. Um, but then noticing, okay, but then there were these desert fathers and desert mothers, right? Again, mystics who said, nope, nope, we're out. And then they, they kind of pulled away and, and there was a remnant, right, uh, of people. And the same thing you could say happened at all those different points, those flashpoints of violence and, and uh, oppression within the Christian, quote unquote, Christian movement throughout history, um, like with the Anabaptists and the Reformers, right? Yes, the Anabaptists were the ones being uh, put, put to death and tortured and killed. But 
if you look at it, like they were the ones holding on to this Jesus looking way. Uh, in fact, and there's some beautiful stories of how, uh, I can't remember the the names of the the actual people, but do you, you probably know this one. I think it's, there was a story of a, of a, um, an Anabaptist who had escaped. He was going to be put to death and he had escaped and he was running away. And there was a, uh, the guard that was chasing him and he ran across, they, they ran across like a frozen lake. And, um, the, the reformer, the, the guard that was chasing the Anabaptist fell into the ice and the Anabaptist turned around, ran back, saved the guy's life. And then the guy arrested him and took him back and they ended up putting the Anabaptist to death. So that, that story is an interesting sort of illustration of like, that's kind of the spirit of it. Like those that really follow Jesus were willing to even die themselves to follow Christ. Like they were, they were willing to go all the way and love their enemy in spite of this kind of stuff. And, and so they were the minority, but they, they survived, right? That, that, that thread, uh, and they inspire other people, right? Who hear that story and go, you know what? Damn that. No, that's the way it should be. That's what it looks like to follow Jesus. And so that that's the hope, I guess, is that the future Christian will be a mystic or or not exist at all. Uh, and then in the sense of we may not be the ones in power. I think that's kind of the point. <laughs> We're not supposed to be the ones in power. We're kind of meant to be the ones who are just modeling the way of Jesus. And hey, newsflash, when you follow the way of Jesus, sometimes you get crucified. Yeah, I've I've um. I don't remember where I said it, but I said it recently, like all these Christian nationalists, they need to just, they need to pick a different mascot. I don't know how you read Jesus and desire power. Like all this, the first shall be last stuff. I, Paul is the least of the apostles. And yeah. Where do you get that type of language? And you're like, oh, we need to be in power. Yeah. It's like, wait a second. Everything you've ever like read power corrupts, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. The whole theme of, of, the Lord of the Rings is the the corruptive nature yeah. of power. The power everything of the ring, in, yeah, exactly. Every, yeah, everything in the Bible is like it's you know Peter wanted power and authority and no. Well, Jesus, Jesus gonna, was tempted in, in the desert by Satan for with power, what? power, political power. Right? And you're like, huh? As a Christian nationalist, I think what we need is power. You're like, that's wait, right. Yes. Do you even read the fucking Bible? Jesus yes. Christ. Yes. I mean, God. Well, I, I had, I, yeah, I had a, I had a quote um, when I was uh, doing interviews and things for Jesus Untangled and things like that when it came out. Like, to me, the best way to really take away... It, so if the church, meaning the followers of Jesus, right? So let's just define our terms. If those who really truly follow Christ or trying their best to follow Christ, if they have any power at all, it's in that. It's in that power under, Right. To influence right. people with humility and love and service and all these kind of things. Um, that's the power. But the minute, but if you want to take away that power from the followers of Christ, convince them that they don't have enough power and that what they need is political power. Because once you can get them confused and distracted and to say, oh, yeah, what I need is political power, well, then they've lost whatever power they actually had to influence people and change and, and this transformation ability of, of the gospel to change people from the inside out to people that, that care about others, not about themselves. And, no, that, and, and it's a subtle little thing. And actually, it's probably, you're right, it is, uh, the Lord of the Rings is a great metaphor for that, right? They, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not changing any lives on a no. spiritual level at all. No. You know, the, uh, Luther talked about a theology. The one, one thing I did like about Luther is his theology of the cross. It's a theology yes. from below. It's not a theology yeah. from above where God is like, 
the biggest, baddest, you know, that's how they view the Christian nationalists and the modern Christian in, in America. And again, it's, it's mainly evangelicals, but it's others. Um, yeah. They have a top down hierarchical approach rather than a bottom up service approach, humility yeah. approach, a Lord and savior, a Messiah who flipped the script on everything we think about power. And they just flip it right back. They're like, no, Jesus, we got it from here. Your yes. shit didn't work. <laughs> like, it didn't work. Yeah. You died at 33. Or, or coming of age, you died right then, early 30s, man. Yeah. It didn't you work for you. could have lived a lot longer. Yeah. We're going to take it from here. Yeah. We, we, know, we know better. Yeah. And it's like, that's, a, again, then, then if, you, if that's your thing, don't be a Christian. Just say you're a nationalist. Just yes. say you, just come out right and say... We desire power. Don't use the name of Jesus because Jesus has nothing to do with this. Right. Nothing. There's nothing yeah. in the scriptures. Even when he says go buy two swords. Oh, you think he's an idiot that he's going to take two <laughs> swords? Let's take on Rome with two swords. That's like, yeah, the, that, that's like the people who we're, we're going to, we got to get our guns to protect us from the government. Right. Oh, yeah. You're going to get really? a drone and, <laughs> and nuclear weapons right. and fucking like laser guided yeah. missiles and sure. shit. You could see it in at midnight with your whatever. What is yeah. the uh, night's the night, night vision? vision sh- okay. Yeah. All right. On. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. There's no possible you way. You haven't done a sit up since '75. What are you talking yeah. about? You and your buddies um, with your shotguns uh, and your 22 bolt action rifles are not going to take down the U.S. government. Silly yeah, fuckers. The military. No way. So no, no. Th- there's nothing in the scripture in in Jesus' life that ever says that he could have anything to do with what they're doing. No, it's right. It's, it's You're right. And it, it, that's exactly right. And I think that's part of what we have to, I think, keep doing is pointing out that, that inconsistency. It's like, it would be as if you were saying, you know, we're this movement that follows uh, Gandhi, but we're just going to beat the shit out of everybody. Or yeah. we're a movement where that follows Mother Teresa, but you know what? Screw those hungry people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it what? Doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. What yeah. are you pick doing? A pick a different dude. Pick yeah. someone else. Pick Peter. Yeah, Even. there you go. Exactly. Yes. Pick pick, uh, pick someone from jo- the book of Joshua. There you go. Pick, uh, <laughs> yes. I don't know, Genghis Khan. What the fuck yes. do you want to pick? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what you should do. Pick pick someone who is um, a little more violent and a little more what? nationalistic because that's yeah. not Jesus. No. Not at all. Oh, man. Boggles my mind. Uh, it is crazy. We're living in a crazy town. This is... Uh, it's a crazy, crazy world. I, I, I sit back and watch this stuff, and I've been watching this slow motion car wreck for you know the last six years or so, and like I just, you got to be kidding me! I can't believe people are saying these things now out in the open. They're saying the quiet parts out loud, and yep. they don't have any any sense of irony, any sense of like, wait, what? They're not mystics, am- though. They're no, not. They're not. They're not looking inward. They're not nope. sitting. You could tell by the. I mean, you could just tell by their lives. Like you haven't changed. Six years later, you're still yelling the same shit. You've yes. just gotten more emboldened. You've yeah. dug your heels in more. Like you, I, I hate the word repent. We've talked about it before, but we had that episode on repentance. What, what we truly need is repentance. When's the last yeah. time any of them changed their mind, changed their thinking, changed their way of looking at the world? I can't think of a time. They're not. You know, you're never going to get Trump or DeSantis or any of these people saying, "Huh, yeah, it was pointed out to me." <laughs> that the election wasn't stolen, right? And and now I've reflect I've reflected and I've looked at things. And I realize, I, yes, I, 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 I looked everybody. at everybody. Yeah, I looked at the way I treated black people 
or immigrants or Muslims. And that was really messed up. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. yes. Boo! Yeah. Trump, you're a yeah. traitor. That's what they Right, do. right, right. No, and that's what does happen for people. And so, again, people have been made examples of like when they do try to back off of something like that or or even just, you know, maybe they don't have a public apology or a, or a complete 180 on camera, but they're just backing off that message. They're moving away from that. Yeah, then like, oh, you're a, you're a rhino. You're yep. a Republican in name only. Yep. You're a traitor. And, yep. uh, yeah. You've been bought off. You've done... it's, it's, repentance in Christianity has, is now seen as a weakness. Uh-huh. Let, try that one on for size. Like repentance, the one thing they say you have to do is now seen as a weakness the minute you do it. Right. You, you'll get booed. Tra- you're wishy-washy. I, you're a traitor. Yeah, yes, exactly. I guarantee you if Trump came out and said the election wasn't stolen, Trump would be sacrificed at the altar. His well, political look, career already, would be over. Yeah, he already kind of got thrown under the bus because if you remember a few months ago, um, he did a thing with Bill O'Reilly uh, where he said that um, that the uh, talking about the the COVID, he was talking about how the um, ah, damn it, what is it, the vaccine that the vaccine uh-huh. was great that he had been double he had already gotten the booster and O'Reilly said mm-hmm. the same thing and he he started getting booed. Yep. At his own kind of like event, yep. because, because that message now has become such a battle cry for those group of yep. people denying, denying, denying that COVID was actually dangerous, denying that the vaccine was real. Now, but Trump wants to, Trump has a, he wants to make sure like, oh no, no, the vaccine was awesome because he, it's something he can take credit for. Right. Yeah. Look at me. I'm the one that did. What is it? Project Lightspeed or whatever. I got it. I got it out there. I made it happen. Warp, warp speed. Warp speed or whatever. Right. And. <laughs> Um, so he, he sees it as something to take credit for. And I actually have seen that, like, there's this, um, what do you call it? Um, like this disconnect or something with people where they're like, yeah, yeah, we love Trump and he's the best and he's the greatest and he's our savior and stuff. But on this issue of the vaccine, he's been corrupted by Fauci. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's, no, he's, but I think, yeah, I think we just stumbled upon something. I think this is what they've done with Jesus where, They've moved on from Jesus and they start booing him. You know, so what I mean? Yes. It's like they will move on from – MAGA has has grown beyond Trump, well beyond yeah. Trump. Yeah. Oh, yeah. MAGA will continue after – I think Trump – Sadly. I think Trump's political career is basically over. I think if, if Trump ran in the primaries against DeSantis, he would lose. Right. Uh, my hope is that he, his ego would be so hurt he'd run as an independent and say, fuck you, Republicans. And then yes. the Republican would be split. Yeah, um, that'd be great. Oh, that's a great idea. Should suggest. I that know to we him. need to encourage the Trump. <laughs> Trump, please run as an. Start your own your own um, political party. Yeah, but I think that's that's kind of how uh, you know it's like it's like they've done the same thing with Jesus. Jesus would come out and say, "We need to welcome the immigrant," and they'd start booing him. Right, or they probably crucify him again. Yeah, why not? Oh, uh, if Jesus <laughs> was if Jesus was here today and he was saying the same exact, all he could be doing is quoting the Bible. Right, and right. they would boo him. They would yes. do him, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, no, you're right about that. I think about with Trump, and but but the thing is though, Trump. I, I do think the movement is moving. Will eventually move beyond him. You're right, but he has given them the blueprint. He has shown them. Oh, for sure. Here's how to succeed and move forward. Here's how to rally people to your cause. Here's how to um, to sort of uh, react to elections that you know you're probably going to lose. So you just ahead of time warn people that there's going to be some kind of conspiracy so that when Mm -hmm. you end up losing, aha, see, I told you. Mm -hmm. And so they're all following his pattern. They're all following. He's already shown them the roadmap. Here's how to do it. 
Yep. Here's how to get people to believe your nonsense. Yep. And they're like, oh, thanks. We got it from here. Same thing with Jesus. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. And yeah, the, yeah. This we, is, we, we don't need you anymore. This has happened throughout all history. I mean, yeah. uh, Gerard points out how how often kings become the next sacrificial victim. Yeah. The yeah, leaders will eventually become the scapegoat. And Trump will become a scapegoat. Yep. of his own of his own movement he had he would have built the the platform he would have built the movement he would have built the maga and then the minute they don't need him any longer yeah he will be sacrificed as yep. the next scapegoat that i can that see that i totally together. can because you know what I, I i i think there are people who i mean we already know this right there are there are these people that will publicly People that used to criticize Trump, right? There's all those. Have you seen those little clips, right, of Lindsey Graham? Mm-hmm. Is, is oh, a great yeah. One. Oh, yeah. Because before Trump won, he was he hated the guy. He was all these. They all did. All of a sudden, they whoop made a change, right? And they've all done it. Yeah. So you know that really, truly, deep, deep down, they do not like Trump. No, they don't. They think he is an idiot. They think he is a moron. No. And so the minute that they don't need him anymore, that will go right back. They will yep. flip the switch back again, and they'll say, you know what, that guy's an idiot. He's a moron. Don't listen to him. We yep. will take it from here, and they will. Exactly. I, I and actually, and 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 you may say, "Oh, that'll be great." No, it won't be, because no. now they they'll become even more emboldened. They have the they have the script, they have the blueprint, and they'll have people that are not as stupid and not as narcissistic and not as uh, obvious and and you know transparent with their weaknesses and failures and and uh, you know deceptions. They'll be a little smarter about it, and oh, they'll yeah, be they'll... harder. They'll be harder to take down. There'll be a Ron DeSantis who's yep. more more articulate than Trump, doesn't have the bumbling fumbles, nope. fumbles and, you know, mush mouth and yes. saying stupid <laughs> shit. I mean, he says stupid shit, but he doesn't say stupid shit in the same way Trump does. That's right. No, this no, this is not – it's not like a good thing that Trump is going to be their scapegoat because nope. Trumpism or MAGA or Mega MAGA, whatever yep. the fuck they're going on or to QAnon. now. Mega, mega yeah, yeah, QAnon, Make America Great Again, Again, Again. That has – that's already there. It's It's here. So, but they're just a mob, uh, literally on January 6th and figuratively, I think, you know, the rest of the time. And that mob will crucify their own so long. I mean, they'll keep Trump as long as he benefits their movement. Sure. But it's gone, it's grown way beyond Trump. Right. And, and, but so to that point, right, this red wave that didn't happen um, is kind of like it's because Trump went out and stumped and campaigned. For all these guys, and it didn't help them. No, so, so they're going to move on. So that's the first sign that you know what? Yeah. Maybe we don't need him. Exactly. Maybe he's actually holding us back, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. We've got we've got a new a new Trump. I mean, look at just look at Florida. They they want to turn. They, I'm sure they want to turn the rest of the United States just like Florida. Marco mm. Rubio won by double digits. DeSantis won. I mean, the polls weren't even close down there. He won by like 20 points. Yes. So this is now, I think this is now going to become DeSantis's party. Yep, looks and, that way. And, you know, Christians will continue. Again, the majority of America, you know, the, the Christians who are electing these people will continue in that way. And then there, there'll right. be those of us who, there's a lot of us who reject that. But, you know, we're not in the majority, I don't think. Yeah, as far sadly. As, as far as Christians go, if we are Christian, I don't even know on this show anymore. Yeah, exactly. Or apostates, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, yeah, what shows us? Yeah, apostates. Heretics one day, apostates the other. I got to say too, though, like, I've noticed some. Actually, I, I let me give credit. Wendy noticed it um, and called it out, and I was like, "Oh, that's there it is." So if you haven't noticed this, I, I now that Wendy pointed it out to me, I see I see this all the time um, that these kind of MAGA r- r- politicians 
have this thing where they'll start off in their speech talking about America, the greatest nation this world has ever seen. Everybody, everybody screams and yells and cheers. Yes, America is the greatest nation the world has ever seen. But then they end the speech by saying, we need to make America great again. What? How can because you Because it be... was great, and then it became not great, and now we're going to make it great again. But they're not saying America, which used to be the greatest nation. They're saying, no, no, right now, America is the greatest nation ever, and we need to make it great again. But huh? <laughs> Now, but somehow in their minds, there's this cognitive dissonance where in their minds, America is both the greatest nation the world has ever seen and a nation that needs to be made great again. A socialist hellhole. It's a, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, oh, this man. has been fun. It's always fun recording these with you, my friend. Yeah, same here, man. I, uh, I, I, I think people are beginning to uh, enjoy this podcast a little more. People are finding it, discovering it, having a lot of fun with us. Yeah, so please, so, if you are listening, uh, 44 of you have rated and reviewed on iTunes. Come on. Many, many more. Many, many, many more. We have the numbers, folks. I had the papers. I had the documents in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, was, that was as good of an Alex Jones as you get at 8 in the morning. That's right. Um, <laughs> the globalist. Um, <laughs> there's many more of you. We have the numbers are listening to this show. And only 44 of you have rated and reviewed. If you have an iTunes account, even if you're not listening on iTunes, please rate and review. Please. If you are listening elsewhere, I think you can like on Spotify. Tell your friends about this show. Please, please do. Um, Warn them that we we say fuck. Yes. And we say shit. And we have advertisements that will blaspheme (laughs) some people's idea of God. Exactly. But it's all in good fun. Yes. We, don't worry. We will get ours in the end. And you can check out our sponsor, Hell VR, to see what's going to happen to Keith and Matt. That's right. After their, posthumously, after their deaths. Exactly, After their yes. demises. For eternity, exactly. For eternity. <laughs> and uh, so thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, Keith. Thank you to Choir Publishing. Also, last thing, before you sign off, I know you're about to click stop. Check out all the other Choircast podcasts. Heretic Please. Happy Hour, This Is Not Church, Messy Spirituality, and Ideas Digest, and... Fingers crossed. We have a meeting after this podcast. That's right. Right after this, we have right a meeting after with a this huge, huge podcast that we are hoping will join the mighty, mighty Choircast Network. Um, and not only that, so there's that meeting after this one, but there's another one that we also talked about earlier this week that could also become uh, uh, at least a friend of the network, if not a member of the network. So yeah, there, there's some great things happening. Yeah, we do. Remind me. Um, well, I'll tell you later because I'm not can't, supposed to say it. I can't, can't say it. Can't drop names. Uh, yeah. There's been too much to do, people. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. And now they got me editing uh, Heretic Happy Hour. Yeah. I tell you what. It's funny. Uh, you don't realize how much work goes into a podcast when there's five people involved. Oh, that's a lot of tracks. Well, and you know, if you have a glitch and you have to stop, then you've got two separate tracks for each. Uh-huh. Then you've got uh, advertisements. Then you've got sound bites. Heretic of the then week. You, then you've got the heretic of the week, which yeah, you are, yeah. yeah. Uh, I put in um, in the in episode one forty three that's coming out in like two weeks. I put in some hilarious sound bites for y'all. Oh, good. I'm gonna make it's gonna to make people out. laugh. Oh yeah. All right. Love well, it. thanks for listening, everyone. Much love. See you in two weeks. Yep. See you guys.